Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. The Miraculous! T.C. Martin. It's Murray Magic! The Doctor now in. Our number deuce here on this Thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Of course, streaming live wherever you may be. TCMartinShow.com, wherever you get the podcast. Apple, Spotify, Google, say wherever. And of course... Funnel all through the website. Check it all out. Check out our interview with Lindy LaRock from yesterday. Good stuff there. Talking about her Super Bowl prediction. Talking about her cooking. All that stuff. And the Lady Rebels in action tonight. One dollar. One dollar to go see the Rebels tonight. All right? That's why I can go. I can afford it finally. <laughs> finally. That's it. All right. Continuing on this hour, Scott Spritzer will join us. Uh, we'll talk some handicapping. Uh, Scott uh, did a fantastic job nailing uh, the prop bets as well as his uh, game bet. Uh, and uh, Ed ended up having the best record in our best bets. I don't want to say contest, uh, but uh, of our handicappers uh, during the course of the year. So Scott Spritzer joins us like he always does on Thursdays. He'll be joining us also tomorrow live at the Westgate inside the Superbook, as will Marco D'Angelo. So have both of our handicapper extraordinaires on the same show live tomorrow. So that'll be good too. Also, Timmy B joined us tomorrow. So awesome. I love Timmy B. So make sure, yeah, Tim Brando, uh, the great play by play artiste, as I like to say, the football side, the basketball side. So yeah. So you make sure you get the playlist ready for Timmy B. Oh, this is ready. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. It's going to be fun. Of course. Always is. All right. So we got that going uh, on as well. All right. Uh, plenty to hit on here this segment as uh, we talk about the William Hill mobile app is back. That's right. The update. They're back. They were down from Sunday before the game. Then they were operating for a little bit. Second quarter went down, and they did not come back up until last night. So couldn't bet on the Super Bowl in-game. Couldn't do it. Couldn't bet on any NBA, college basketball, hockey, tiddlywinks, croquet, whatever. Tiddlywinks? Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. And then last night, it comes back. Tiddlywinks. You know what tiddlywinks are? No. Are you... What the hell is tiddlywinks? You've never heard? I can't believe you can even say it. You don't know tiddlywinks? No. All right. Uh, right now, give us a call. 702-221-7283 and school numchuck to what tiddlywinks is. 702-221-7283. School numchuck, what is tiddlywinks? Now, I understand that you're younger generation, but you're not that young. No. You're not that young. No. You, sh- you should know. You don't know. No, and I'm not... You can hear, see I'm not Googling. You're not Googling. Because I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Probably nobody 
knows what tiddlywinks. And why did I say that? I have no idea because that was a thing when I was a kid, and I'm not even sure how to. No, it's not what you think. I know. I'm, I, I, <laughs> it is not uh, to be associated with a titillating experience. It's not that. No. Yes. I wouldn't say that tiddlywinks is a titillating experience, but it is experience. It's 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 like a it's like it was like a child's game, you know. Like, um, how do I describe? It? It's been such a long time. It, it was like a, a kid's thing. Yeah, it was like you take these things and you'd flip them, and you know, there's like there's like little small pennies made out of like plastic or something like that. Am I close? I barely remember. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, give me the definition. Oh no! I'm looking at a video. I'm watching him. You're watching. I'm watching it being played. So, okay. Now, is there modern day tiddlywinks? This looks kind of modern. Just, it's just kind of fun to say. This is word, five, isn't it? This is yeah. this is from five years ago. Say it three times real fast. Tiddlywinks, tiddlywinks, tiddlywinks. Okay, very nice. All right. Now, just say the first syllable three times. <laughs> Come on, look it up. I mean, you're. You're part of our crack research staff. You lead the crew here. So let's go. You know, give, give us the definition. Give people the definition. I'm sure Fernando knows tiddlywinks. Fernando knows it all. It is a game played on a flat felt mat with set of small discs called winks. Yeah. A pot, which is a target and a collection of squidgers. <laughs> squid squidgers squirters squid no squirt squidgers yeah which are also squidgers. discs so okay. there's two Don't sets know. of discs okay for some reason yeah and they're small discs like like size yeah. of a penny about, yeah that's what i can't remember yeah. can't remember that yeah which are also discs the player uses the squidiger yeah nowadays made of plastic to shoot a wink into flight by flicking the squidiger <laughs> across the top wink uh, a top of the uh, top of a wink. Okay, so we know what the wink is, and nope. you're shooting it into a, a, a bowl or a cup. Or what are you doing here? It is sometimes considered. Where's the felt come into play? Probably so that the discs have something to like slide on. Not like yeah. If it because you realize if you do it here, it's just gonna. How does one win? How do you win a game of get tiddly the, winks? Get the tiddly into the wink. Yeah. So you said. You said squidgers and you said winks. So where's the tiddly come in? That's what I'm looking for. Is it just because it's titillating? It's so fun to do? It's exciting? Yeah, there's no. I'm in love with the... Uh, Tiddlies. Tiddlies. Points calculated when determining the finishing placement of winkers in a tiddlywinks game. That is the official definition of... That, 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 that is where the tiddly comes in. The tiddly comes in what? Because point the, of the points, the tiddlies are the points. T- well, tiddlies are the points. They are the points. This is true, especially on a Calcu- cold, especially on a cold day. There it is. <laughs> points calculated when determining the finishing placement of the winkers mm-hmm. in a tiddly winks game. So, so is that where the wanker, the winker came from? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk about a parade. You want to talk about the parade? Let's let's, let's yeah. Oh. Anything besides this subject? <laughs> I, 
I, I can see the FCC just loving us right now. Of course they do. Uh, no, let me get back to my William Hill mobile app story. I mean, since we, you know, we're blasting him, you know, so much now I'll, I'll give him credit because they got the app back up. So customers are, are back in action. All right. Uh, customers got a bonus of $50 put in their account. Now there's different stories here. Okay. So you get the, you get $50 put in your account and Others say that it's like a $50 bet. Well, I just noticed, because the first thing I checked last night, hey, is my balance correct? That was the big thing we talked about. Because remember yesterday, was it? when we talked to Todd Dewey, they said, hey, they're guys that their accounts are upside down. They're all this. It was right. It was right. Yes. So they got it right. So my account is in effect. Got credit for my Super Bowl victories. All good. So $50 into their account, whether it's a free bet, but I just got 50 bucks in the account. So I'm just wondering. But, you know, I, I'm playing almost every day. So they say you have to use a bet by February the 28th. Then you're going to get another one, another $50 um, either credit or bet in your account. And that has to be used by March the 15th. So it doesn't really make sense. Either put the money in the account. Who cares when you use it? Now, a free play is something totally different. Where a free play is... But knowing them with the uh, with their, their software, maybe they can't have a separate column for a free bet. So... But what are they going to do? Take it away? So if you here's don't use what I'm it? thinking. I don't get it. I think that they're trying to keep their players in, keep the betters in, yeah, for as long as they can. Because I, I think if 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 they gave you fifty now, and then wait the month, they're trying to keep them that month. No, I understand that. I understand that. But now remember, this isn't the first time this happened where they went down. We go back to. 2021 opening day of the football season there in September where um, the app went out for the entire game, couldn't bet. Uh, everyone was irate about that. And then they came back a couple of days later and they gave customers a $25 bonus. So I guess they figured, we'll see, this is the Super Bowl. Oh, we were down for more than, you know, eight hours. We were down for four days. Let's make it double. Now, if we're gonna if we're gonna play this game, then why wasn't this bonus like two hundred dollars or something like that? It's a Super Bowl. You made people miss the Super Bowl and no action Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Fifty bucks they're getting off, and I understand they got thousands and thousands and thousands of customers. I get that, but people are pretty irate here. They couldn't bet. Mm. Here's the uh, statement from William Hill. Both the William Hill Nevada and Caesar Sportsbook by William Hill apps were restored to full functionality yesterday evening. All customers should now have access to their accounts. We apologize for the technical breakdown of our platform and will continue to monitor all aspects of the system closely. We are deeply sorry for the frustration and inconvenience this outage caused our customers. We thank them for their patience and look forward to bringing our new best-in-class platform to the market in the future. Yeah, so they're still working on this thing. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, fair or unfair? I mean, it's nice gesture to put 50 bucks in and another 50 coming. So it's 100, I guess. The 100 is not worth it. Or it isn't. They should have gone. Should have gone more, right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So inexcusable in this day and age for this to happen. Hasn't happened to anyone else. All the other mobile apps function perfectly fine. I do not recall another app having the kind of problems that this one has. Uh, but uh, they got it back. Now, the question is, will this steer people away from using this app? 
They're going to take their money out. They're going to play somewhere else. Is is was it that detrimental for them to take their money and go? I think that's the reason why they're waiting on that on the next bonus. Ah, uh, see, because yeah. if you give see, them the hundred, and that and they, see right there, that's a move that's not classy. Because you're right. That's exactly, that's exactly what, they're, what they're doing. They don't want people to leave. So they're like, we'll give you 50 now. Yeah. We'll give you 50 in a month. It's, it's, it's just, you got to own it. Just be up front and own it and say, okay, we messed up this and that. Here's 200 bucks now or here's 100, you know, whatever now. What I think okay? they should have done was given, so let's say you've got TC over here who bets thousands, right? I'm, I'm, I, not, I'm yeah. not saying you do, I, I, yeah, I, but I'm saying like you, right. right? They should have given you 500. Right. The average Joe Blow over here who bets five, the ten. The $10 parlay guy, yeah. Gets yeah. the 50. Yeah. I think that's what they should have done. They should have done. And what about the guys? Well, what are you going to do? I mean, the guys that bet 10 dimes a game or whatever. But again, it's, it's really not hurting them. I mean, it's basically a free play is what it is. I mean, you could, you could do that, but. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Let's go to the phones. Fernando, what's going on, my man? Hey, guys. Uh, good topics. Good show, as usual. Um, yeah, Tiddly Winks. Yes. Came back, in ni- came back in 1955 at the University of Cambridge, okay? And um, the modern version, the way we played it, was, um, it was kind of like spin the bottle. Uh, a green disc had Darlene's name on it. The red disc had Monica's name on it. And if you shoot the disc into the pot, the green one, well, you kiss Darlene. If you make the red one, you kiss Monica. That's how we played back in the day. <laughs> so that's been the bottle. I guess, I, first of all, how did Monica look? I mean, who was better, Darlene or Monica? That's what I want to know. Do, do we have any video of this back in the day? Uh, no. <laughs> there was, that'd be too much evidence. <laughs> I hear you talking. I hear you. Uh, no, but and, seriously, uh, how is it like spin the bottle if you're you're flicking these these winkers or whatever? Well, I mean, there's you know you can have you know four to six players, so you know usually either two guys and four girls or you know something. <laughs> so it's like a that. co-ed you game, is what you're saying. It's a co-ed dating game, is what you're telling me. Sure, yeah, yeah. uh huh. And then you you can use it as an alcohol game too if you wanted to. You know, a blue disc is when you got to take a shot of this or, you know, you can mix it up a little bit any way you want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, be honest, you just like saying the word tiddlywinks, don't you? Oh, uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, every other day or every chance I get. <laughs> so, did you have to look this up or did you know this by heart Yeah, be, be honest. Be honest. Yeah, did you really play when you were a kid? Because it took you a minute to call. Oh, no. No, I didn't look it up. We used to play it all the time back in the um, 70s and Late 70s, you know, when we were young. <laughs> when we were yeah, young. Any chance we got, we, we played it, you know. So. Well, it was I, lots of fun. But. Mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah. you clearing that up, Fernando. Now, I, we, we got your, like, your, your final score predictions and everything. I think you did, you did okay, but, but you were on the wrong yeah. side of a couple of these things, man. You got to own up to it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I missed the the uh, the under, and I and I missed the um, I forgot the other one, but I got the two point conversion and the defensive touchdown and the right. money line on the Chiefs, money line on the Chiefs, and the minus two on the Chiefs. So it did okay. You had a good um, day. All right. Other, yeah. Other than that, uh, and then everyone's complaining about the the flag, but hey, Eugene Hall made the right call at the right time. The the defensive back Bradbury held the receiver twice. 
not once, but twice. Yeah. So he did a good job. And don't forget, referees get paid, too. You know, they're there to officiate, and they get a game check, just like anybody else. He did admit, so, too. Uh, he, he he tugged on the jersey. And again, and here's my thing, and I always say this, too. And I, I ran into some more Eagle fans earlier today, and they're saying the exact same thing. Oh, man, you know, you, you, you call it now this and that. That's not how it is. Here's the deal, all right? You tell these guys to keep their hands off the receivers. Just keep it. Everyone wants to go handsy. Always want to go handsy, this and that. Third and eight, most important time of the game, most important game of your entire Mm -hmm. life. Third and eight, you want to get off the field, force a field goal. Just keep your hands off the receiver. But everyone wants to clutch. Everybody wants to grab, right? And that's the thing. Keep your hands off of them. you got no one to blame but yourself. So Eagle fans, remember that. All right? That's exactly right. It's and how sickening. about the field? Oh, pathetic. The field was horrible. $800,000 disaster. Mm-hmm. It looked like a golf course full of divots and gopher holes. I mean, um, it was terrible. Everybody was slipping and sliding, and um, you know what they didn't do? They didn't let the um, the field dry out enough before the game. Well, they put it out too soon. <laughs> but here's here's the problem, and you may have this problem next year here in Vegas because what are the only two places that have this in common? Arizona and Vegas. What do they do? They grow mm-hmm. the grass outside and they roll it in. Okay, you, you know yeah. it's it's not a, a standing surface. That's in that stadium year round. Okay. So it's going to be a nightmare when you transport stuff like that. And then the part that makes me sick is the painting. Okay. You're using this paint <laughs> on there and you don't want anybody to get on the field because it has to look pristine and this and that. And then you're right. They paint it. They don't paint it three, four days in advance. No, they mm-hmm. want to, they want to paint it the night before to make sure it's all look, looks pretty and everything. And what happens? You're right. It's still wet. It's still wintry conditions. I mean, come on, man. And you're slipping and sliding all over the place. The most important game of the year, you should have the most pristine conditions. And we see it time and time again where you don't. Yeah. I mean, you have to factor in the weather, the, the room temperature, the humidity and other factors, body heat, everything. But I guess, uh, George Toma didn't factor that in. I don't know what happened, but um, the game the game was good, and um, I decided at the last minute I'm going to go. So I paid uh, four thousand dollars to go to the game last minute because the prices come down when you get towards game time. So, and uh, I have a house in Anthem, Arizona, so I'm only like you know maybe an hour away from Phoenix, you know, Glendale, Arizona, right there. Right. So it, it was a good time, and I just. I was in the 400 level, but I went down. I was on the concourse, so I got to walk around because I, I can't sit for a long time. So I was walking around looking at all the people watching the game. But I'm telling you, man, that field was messed up. Yeah, and you probably, up. like I said, you had a better view than anybody else because on TV it did not look that messed up. You know, but if yeah, yeah, up close and personal, you see it. Yeah, you know, all those divots, and that's what the players said. And we saw that these guys were changing their cleats. You know, on, on a couple of different occasions. Yeah. yeah? I watched I watched the replay of the game when I got home, and the coverage was terrible. I mean, they even show the fans, they even show cheerleaders, they just show celebrities and the owners. Yeah. I mean, oh come on, man. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's for the fans, but you know, it's going to be here in Vegas uh, next year, so be ready for that. It's going to be it's going to be wild and crazy. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, we appreciate uh, you Good calling fun. in, and thank you for the uh, the definition of, of tiddlywinks. We'll let you get back to your game with Monica <laughs> and Darlene now. Okay, there it is. Okay.
Okay, guys, take care. Bye. There, there is the, the 1969 version of Monica. There we go. All right. Yeah. Super Bowl betting numbers uh, released. Handle was down. We'll talk to Scott Spritzer uh, about that. But we did have a parade today. We had a parade today. That's right. The Kansas City Chiefs celebrated the Super Bowl victory. Look, kind of a one go. Kind of a gray, cold day today in KC. And the Chiefs were celebrating. And uh, I don't know how many people attended the parade today. But Chiefs Kingdom is is large. We know that. Yeah. We got Patrick Mahomes. Here's Patrick Mahomes taking to the mic. Here's what he had to say. And uh, Patrick Mahomes intoxicated or not? And before I give it to the main show, Travis Kelsey, I just want to let y'all know that this is just the beginning. We ain't done yet. So I'll make sure to hit y'all back next year, and I hope the crowd's the same. Appreciate y'all. Let's go, baby. There it is, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, he also was on there talking about a dynasty. You know, where you, you know, yeah, all that other stuff. Yeah, that's that's another that's another conversation, another time, right? Travis Kelsey, he had plenty to say. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. <laughs> The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If you knew the Chiefs were going to win the division, let me hear you say, hell yeah. All right now. If you knew the Chiefs were going to get the number one seed, let me hear you say, hell yeah. I knew it, you knew it, but they ain't know it. This was the best season of my life. I owe it to you guys. I owe it to the guys on this stage. I owe it to everybody in Chiefs Kingdom and the organization that we've been able to create. Everybody's asking this is a dynasty. It's been a dynasty. Y'all just ain't know this until now. Believe that feel that and it's Chiefs Kingdom forever, baby. We love y'all. Let me hear you say, Let's run this back. Run it back, Travis. Because how come not? We didn't get any Beastie Boys fight for your right. He ended it with it. He did. All right. That's what we got to have going out. All right. There's a party. Yep. I don't know. You see Patrick Mahomes? He was walking around with the trophy and he was taking selfies with people and then he handed the trophy. To some fan on the other side of of, of the barricade, so hammered, like it was, it was gold. And then, uh, did you see? Then he they have the porta potties. He, he gets just... out. The MVP gets out and goes into porta potty, and people are surrounding the porta potty. And when he gets what out, is this? when he gets out, there is the loudest cheer. Yeah, for him, like hey, congrats, like, like a four year old. Hey, you made it. Where'd I go? Where'd I go, Patrick? You aimed right, I guess. Oh, man. Arizona Cardinals have a new football coach today, don't they? Jonathan Gannon. Now, 
How many people thought when this was scrolling down the screen the last couple of days, hey, Gannon introduced as his new uh, Cardinals coach. How many people thought it was Rich Gannon? <laughs> well, not Rich Gannon. It's Jonathan Gannon. He was the defensive coordinator of the Eagles. Man, you thought that Bidwell would get away from what he did last time. Think he would get away from the hot coordinator like Cliff Kingsbury was or the college coach that Cliff Kingsbury was. He goes with another unknown. And with a team that has some veterans really not too far away, and then you got Kyler Murray, and what do you do? You need to develop this guy, and you go with the defensive coordinator. You need an offensive coach. It's ridiculous, this hire. What's even more ridiculous is listen to this guy. Now, we've seen the Ham and Ager from Miami, right? Mike McDonald or <laughs> Mike, uh, what's, his na- what's his name? No, Michael McDonald is not, uh, you know. What's his name? I can't no. even think of his name. Uh, uh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, you're going to say Mike Myers, aren't you? No. No. McDaniel. McDaniel. Yeah. That was close. Yeah. Anyway, so we thought this guy was a goofball. Listen to the introductory press conference today from Jonathan Gannon, new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Look forward to working with the players. That was very appealing to me, some of the guys that we have on board right now. Not too many times do you take over a a team and you have a franchise quarterback. So that was very appealing, and I'll head some of this stuff off right now as we talk before we get to questions and things like that. But just know this, we're going to be very adaptable. This is, I'm talking the Arizona Cardinals. This is what our team's going to be. We're going to be adaptable. We're going to be violent. We're going to be explosive, and we're going to be smart. And all three phases go into that. And we will maximize the talents of the players that we have, and that's how we're going to win games. And don't get it twisted. We're going to win games. Don't get it twisted. I don't think I've ever heard a coach use these terms in order. We're going to be adaptive, violent, explosive. (laughs) Didn't Dan Campbell use some of those? Nothing like that. He just said we were going to bite everybody's knees off. Right. Things like that. Yeah. Adaptive, violent, explosive. Anybody watched the Arizona Cardinals recently? What a joke. And this guy. Does this guy look like Pee Wee Herman or what? Why are you taking my stuff, dude? <laughs> Come on. I'm the one that sent that to you today. I know. That's what I'm yes, saying. Yes, he does. He, he looks does. exactly yeah. like Pee Wee Herman yeah. today. What is this guy? 5'8 on a good day? What is he? I don't know. Nothing wrong with people that are 5'8. I'm not making fun. There it is. All right. Kick it! I got another disturbing story to get to. That's okay. You can play this. Javante Davis was scheduled to stand trial today. The boxer, you know, he's in the pound-for-pound list, right? But instead, he pleaded guilty to four counts of traffic offenses from a hit-and-run accident that he caused on November 5th, 2020. Now, Davis left a club in downtown Baltimore. He drove his Lamborghini under a police escort. Going, you know, speed limit. Low level. He says, forget this. He then veered off the caravan, left the caravan, and ran a red light. Then he struck the passenger side of a 2004 Toyota Solara. And then what did he do? He fled the scene. He injured four people, including a pregnant woman. 
So he got charged with leaving the scene of an accident involving bodily harm, property damage, driving with a revoked license, and running a red light. He was in court today. He did not speak after leaving the courtroom. He will be sentenced on May the 5th. But he's supposed to go to trial. And he said, you know what? I'm guilty dead to rights. I'm guilty. Forget it. Didn't want to say nothing. But who does this? Okay. You're in a caravan with police. You're in a Lamborghini. He said, forget this. I'm going to go drive. And, and he hits another car and injures four people, including a pregnant woman. Now, who does this too? You're the champion of the world in your weight division, okay? Lightweight division. You're driving with a revoked license. What are you thinking? I mean, this is terrible Tuesday, but I just can't wait till Tuesday. You're driving with a revoked license, run the red light, smashing into another car. At least you pled guilty. That's smart. Don't waste any taxpayer's money here. But he doesn't know what he's going to get sentenced. Now, this is what really upsets me, this ham and egger, because he's also set to be arraigned next week in Florida for a connection with a domestic violence charge of battery. He pleaded not guilty after hitting the mother of his one-year-old daughter with an open hand. That's right. Slapped her. No slap fight. Set to face. He's And here's the deal. He's set to face Ryan Garcia in a mega fight here in Vegas, April the 15th. It's a super fight. Think that's going to happen now? So you're going to blow that chance. You should do some time here. But what a moron. And then you got the battery charge of the, you slap the mother of your one-year-old. Javante Davis, never been a big fan of his. All right, there you go. Scott Sprites is going to join us. We're going to come back. We're going to talk Super Bowl leftovers, betting, college basketball. We got some college basketball winners for you tonight. No doubt about it. With the doctor, T.C. Martin. All right, we continue on here on a thunderous Thursday edition. Be at the Westgate tomorrow. Come on by, see the show live. Looking forward to that, of course, our Friday home. And uh, we turn the page from football to basketball. March Madness right around the corner. You know who's going to be joining us tomorrow? Scooter's going to be joining us. The one and only Scott Spritzer, Marco D'Angelo. There it is. Our handicapper extraordinaires breaking it down, having a good time as always inside the world-famous Superbook. And Scott Spritzer joins us now. What is going on, my man? I don't know, man. I just sat down at my desk waiting for the phone call. I had my flip my TV on. I'm listening to White Stripes. I join you guys. White Stripes. Is there some kind of symbiosis going on here or something? <laughs> Are you serious? Really? I'm serious as a heart attack. <laughs> wow. It, it's, uh, today's a good day to bet, Scott. You know, again, you, 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 you're feeling it. You're feeling I'm it. I'm feeling it, man. I just can't wait to hear what you got. If we're on the same side, nunchuck, whatever, then uh, 
Boy, those might be big plays tonight. All right. Well, let's start with, do you got an opinion on Purdue and Maryland? Well, I did, but they've started. I know. So. <laughs> I know. So you did. That's but... the only problem. Right. I kind of like Purdue to bounce back here. I know a lot of folks are thinking that, you know, they've got some issues. They've got to work out, which they do. Uh, but they went from a two-point favorite to a one-point dog. Right. And I'm not sure that their situation is worthy of three-point movement against them. Um, you know, when I watched that game the other day against Northwestern or watched basically the final ten minutes, you know, they were up in that game, and they just wilted down the stretch. They missed their final 13 three-point shots. <laughs> they went into yep. the game averaging 120 points per 100 possessions and had an expected field goal percentage of 53.5%. So maybe not the loss, but the way they lost, I thought, was an anomaly. You know, when they were up in the game big with three minutes to go, I mean, they're up like eight points. So I, I thought they'd bounce back here, and uh, we'll see. It's 6-6 last I checked, just just underway. Yeah, it's an early game, no doubt. And uh, so you know, uh, we're in agreement there. Uh, took a shot with the Boilers. And I know that, you know, Maryland can be tough, you know, at home. But for those sure. re- for those reasons you just said, Scott, that's exactly why I did like the Boilermakers uh, today for uh, a little bounce back, uh, you know, situation with that. Uh, let me see. Okay. So we're, so we're one for one on that. Let's see. I've, I've got a couple others here. Let me see if uh, we're on the same page with this. I'm trying to think. Uh, I like the Zags tonight. I like the Zags in a little revenge game uh, on the road. I know you're, they're laying seven and a half, but I think they, they get it together tonight against Marymont. Yeah, I, I stayed away from the game, and, you know, but I can totally understand you know, why you'd be on Gonzaga. It's also revenge. I mean, yep. how many times at this portion of the season do we see Gonzaga, if you exclude St. Mary's from the mix, but in the West Coast Conference, this portion of the season, they start making return visits and they have a chance to be swept. Yes. We haven't said that too much over the last decade or so, unless they you know, lost uh, in Moraga against St. Mary's earlier in the season, which happens once in a while. But, man, I'm telling you, it's all about Cam Shelton. You know, yeah. this guy's unbelievable. I mean, he just keeps pumping and pointing. This is one of the best players in college basketball for LMU, and he just doesn't get any ink, you know, east of Nevada, basically. He had 36 on Saturday night. He beat me. I really thought coming off that overtime win two nights earlier against St. Mary's, that uh, LMU would be in a tough spot. Uh, and they go on the road at Santa Clara. They lost the game by two, but they were getting four to five points, depending on when you got it. And it was all about Cam Shelton again, man. 36 points. The guy hit you know, 40% of his threes. He hit like 56% of his twos. I mean, the guy's just amazing. 24 points a game uh, and about five rebounds per game, along with four assists per contest going back his last 10 games. And I'm just a big fan. So I'll watch the game. I'll root for you. I, I don't really have a play on the game, but uh, boy, it's just, it looks like a great spot to back in Zaga. If they can like convince Cam Shelton that the game starts at 10 o'clock, they got a even better chance. Shelton scares the heck out of me. Well, you know, a couple things uh, with that, Scott, is first of all, you know, you're right. This revenge thing is, is so weird in the sense with Gonzaga because you got to remember Gonzaga won whatever it was like 70 in a row at home. And they usually yeah. don't, you know, they'll maybe lose a game. Like you mentioned in Moraga at St. Mary's or maybe on the road. But when you lose a home game like that, and it was such an embarrassing, you know, loss, you know, for them. Uh, you know, again, LMU is a better team than what we've seen in past, uh, um, in seasons, but I just got to believe that, yeah, Gonzaga is going to be ready, uh, to, to come firing. And you mentioned Cam Sheldon, uh, you know, Marymont had a score like this, uh, 
last year too. I think it was, was it Eli Scott? Maybe it was, he was like leading the WCC in scoring uh, as well. And they usually have a guy like that that averages over twenty a game or whatever. But then they usually doesn't get much help. And I think that's kind of the, the situation again with uh, LMU this year. And like you said, you know, Cam Shelton is the guy, but he's a heck of a player. Yeah, he had twenty what twenty seven and nine when they beat Gonzaga sixty eight sixty seven in January, right. which means everybody else combined only scored forty one points in that game for right. Loyola. So it is it's it's all about Cam Shelton. If this guy is able to get off, then he's then they're going to have a chance to hang this number. Maybe win the game. Uh, the last team that held him in check was BYU on February second. He only scored fifteen points, three rebounds, and they beat Loyola Marymount by twenty eight. So if you can keep him under 20, you're doing a great job on the defensive end. And in fact, I'm, I'm just looking at his last 10 games, TC. And outside of the loss to Santa Clara, which they could have won, they only lost by two, he had 36. But outside of that, in the last 10 games, when he's been held under 20 points, they lose by 28 to BYU. They lost by 14 to St. Mary's in mid-January. And then a few days before that, they lost to San Francisco uh, at home. San Francisco beat them by a deuce. He was held under 20 points in all three of those games. So that's the key, man. Just hold this guy, Cam Shelton, under 20, and you're probably going to win the game, and you might win it by a wide margin. All right. Uh, so I'll give you a couple who I like. What about you tonight, my friend? Well, I, I did like Purdue a little bit. I, I'm going to go off the beaten path here. I'm going to head to the summit. And I like North Dakota State. This game, by the way, kicks off yep. in about oh an hour and 15 minutes or so. Uh, but North Dakota State, which I got at one. They're up to two now. Uh, they're on the road against UMKC, and the thing about KC, they haven't been getting the job done at home. It's like they have no home court advantage. They've covered just one of the last five on their home floor. And the Bison, you know, they're going to look to exact some revenge. They lost 75-73 on their home floor earlier this season. They're not bad on the offensive end. They're making about 53% of their two-pointers. And meanwhile, the Ruse, they're a disaster on the offensive end. They just can't hit the broadside of a barn and they usually win because they're able to kind of clamp down on the opposing team when they do play a, a, a team and stick around in the game or, or win those games. It's because of that more than anything else, or maybe an outlier of a good offensive day. I think North Dakota State gets a little bit of revenge here. I just don't like this UMKC offense. They don't have much of a home court advantage, and I think the Bison catch them. So I've got a couple of plays, but that's the first one that came to mind. All right, good stuff there. All right, Scott Spritzer joins us, Doc Sports. You can go to DocSports.com, subscribe to Scott's plays, and he is uh, uh, an all-sports guy, as we know, uh, everything is out there. Now let's talk about the football game because uh, kudos to you, my friend. Uh, you talked about it. You gave it out on the best bets here, over 50 and a half, uh, easy winner there. You had to feel pretty good at halftime. Uh, I know you were getting ready for the, the Rihanna halftime experience and everything. So you had to feel, <laughs> you had to feel good that that was good. And the only thing you had to sweat out was like, okay, is there going to be a score in the final three and a half minutes? Right. Well, didn't, yeah. have, didn't have to sweat. So there you go. I mean, were you thinking in the back of your mind? Oh, I know this Harrison Bucker. I mean, he's kind of screwed us in the past, but even this guy's got to make this right. Yeah, I mean, it was it was uh, shorter than a, a an old school tr- uh, extra point. You know, it was like what at the one or two yard line or whatever. You right, know, so right. it, it was a situation where I felt pretty confident that he was going to make that. It was just a matter. I thought of blocking up front, making sure Philly didn't block the kick, but. uh you know, it was a great game, and I mean, I enjoyed it. It's kind of funny because the first play that I hit, I got two props in the books right away, 
which was Philadelphia scoring in the first quarter. They did it on the opening drive. Yep. And then the under one and a half yards as far as the shortest touchdown was concerned. And I didn't even realize it was under one and a half yards until about a quarter later when one of the people I was talking to and kind of hanging with at home had a few people over. And he goes, man, he goes, didn't you hit that? And I'm looking at the box score. I'm like, all right. And it actually happened, I think, twice in the, in, in the game. But I thought it was an outstanding football game. You know what? I felt pretty safe about the over because it was 7-7 pretty quickly, both teams on their opening drives. But then you know how there's always a lull sometimes after teams start right. out so fast. Once they got that unforced fumble uh, by Hertz and it was returned for a touchdown at that point, I'm like, oh, this feels like smooth sailing here. And you know, it's funny. I, I, I've been, you know, I was watching that game and I saw the reactions on social media and I saw people going, you know, saying things like, oh, Philly didn't play anybody all year. and They finally caught up to him. I'm like, are you kidding me? They just outgained Kansas City by 80 yards. They put up over 400 on the KC defense. They shredded the Chiefs defense. There were two plays that changed the course of that game. That was the Hurts fumble. Remember, they were up 14-7 to and had the ball at midfield when he fumbled the ball, and it was returned for a touchdown. And KC wasn't stopping them. I mean, I would think that it's at least at least 17-7 after that drive if he hangs on to the football, maybe 21-7 the way Sirianni was going for it on fourth downs. And so that was a big key. And then, of course, the punt return. And you take those two plays out of the game, and Philadelphia's got a, you know, a lead of about 10 points. So I think if those two teams played each other 10 times, they'd probably split down the middle as far as who wins five out of those 10. One more thing about it, not to make it, and I didn't have a side of the game. I just played the over. But I'm, I'm watching the game, and I'm like, man, you know, they're talking about, oh, this KC offensive line is just playing tremendous football. And they did. We'll give them credit. But, my gosh, Philly was slipping and sliding all over the place on the defensive line. And when you're, re- and when you're counting on a pass rush and you've got a field in that bad of shape, you can't dig in. You can't get after the quarterback with the same speed or quickness off the snap as you can on a good field. So just a heads up to uh, Las Vegas next year. Stay away from Oklahoma State University and their suggestions on turf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, and I'm afraid we're going to get that same situation. Hopefully they learn from it, Scott. But, I mean, what, are, what is the common denominator here with Las Vegas and Arizona? They're the only two... Um, you know, surfaces here where they, they roll out the surface. You know what I'm saying? They grow it in the right. back and then it, it's, it's not like any other stadium where A, you have artificial turf or B, you grow that grass in the stadium year round and you take care of it. I mean, it, we've seen this in Arizona time and time again. We've seen the, uh, Field of Allegiance Stadium, uh, also break up like this. And I'm, you know, again, I'm no, I don't know, what do you call it? Turfologist or whatever. I'm no George Toma, even though George Toma, you know, is 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 the guru of this and even named this turf after himself but uh, but seriously it makes sense when you you're going to kind of grow it in a parking lot and you're going to wheel this thing in it, it's not going to stand up you know like any other turf that is is grown year round in the same spot you know what i'm saying so i got to believe oh, yeah. because if you watch any cardinals games you see this happen in that stadium and the same thing with the legion stadium over the first 3 years I think if you're going to have a dome, just listen, artificial turf is about as good as it's ever, well, it is as good right. as it's ever been. And just go to it if you're going to be inside a dome. Uh, just wheel it in the grass, great idea. Oklahoma State came up with this idea of what they used in the Super Bowl the other day, and, and it failed. 
And I'm with you, man. I remember early on this in this season, it might have been like week two or something, one of the early home games for the Raiders, and I'm looking at that field goal, and this thing looks like it's been, you know, it's been it's been just beat up, and, and it looked bad. It, there were, you know, it looked like they painted part of the field yep. to take care of some of the rough spots. And I'm like, this is the NFL 2022, now 2023. Just switch to a nice artificial turf. It's going to be much better on these guys and these players, and for the you know, the good of the game than what they're doing right now in Arizona and Las Vegas. I, I'm with you. I absolutely hate it. You know, one of the things that Belichick did when he was coaching in Super Bowls with New England is uh, like two days before the game, you know, or maybe three, he's out there with his players and they're checking the turf everywhere they played. And if they needed, you know, they brought like 10 pairs of shoes for every guy as far as the length of the cleats. And Philly didn't really do that from the way they were talking. They changed their, their cleats a couple of times, but they didn't have the long cleats, cleats to dig in. So that might be, might have been an experience from a coaching staff at a Super Bowl. But why in the world should a team have to worry about that in the first place? You're right. You know, so I, this is a mess at Allegiant, that field. And it was a mess almost from day one this season right through the end of the year. I wish they would change and just go to artificial turf if you're in a dome. You got it. Uh, Scott, look, I want to get your opinion on the big news around here, not just in Vegas, but the, the state of Nevada. You know, what we saw with the William Hill mobile app uh, going down. And this is the second time, uh, basically in, in two seasons that we have seen, uh, them have problems. Uh, and we haven't really seen it with a lot of, other of the mobile apps, but talk a little bit about how you talk about th- this turf, how this could, ha- how could this happen in this day and age where you don't have uh, a, a, a backup system and people cannot bet in-game wagering? Heck, they couldn't even uh, bet the game leading up to it because uh, it went off uh, before the game and then it came back. And then it went off permanently in the second quarter. And then you couldn't bet any basketball or hockey or any other sport that you wanted to bet for three days afterwards. Uh, I don't know if you were personally affected by it or what you've been hearing with handicappers in your industry. But, uh, you know, we, we've been hearing from betters a lot that how infuriated they were with this process. I'm curious about your take. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few other outs, so it didn't affect me like it would a lot of people who maybe just trusted in that system. You know, we've seen in the last month or so, you know, one huge, one big, uh, book and casino group that advertises all over the place get hacked into. Now we saw this with William Hill. They weren't the same ones that got hacked into and, and having information stolen. They weren't part of that. But the bottom line is, is like, you know, this is going to sound cranky and old manish and shaking your fist at the clouds. But the bottom line is, is how about investing a little bit more money in, in uh, hiring, you know, top-notch high-end technicians, and maybe just a little bit less money on the cute commercials. You know, when I put my money somewhere, or they take my name, or they take my social, or whatever they need to open up an account, and I'm talking in general, not against just any particular book, I'm I'm like, you know, I want to know that it's safe, as we all do. And to see books getting hacked the way they did this last month or so, to see the situation at William Hill is, is bothersome. And I'm like, this doesn't have to happen. You need to hire and I'm sure they've got great technicians, but let's get top of the line. You know, let's get some serious technicians when you're holding people's money and they've got to trust you with that money. And again, I'm not picking on one particular casino here, but I'm talking about in general. You know, that's pretty lousy what happened, you know, as you just mentioned at the book this past week. And of course, the hack job the, the, the week before was even more serious. So it's, it's disappointing. You know what I mean? And, and, we all put our money in those places. We trust them with our money. And sometimes, 
depending on the casinos, depending on the owners of the casinos, some more financial information when you leave your money in those places, have an account. So let's make sure that we feel safe, that you know we're not going to get hacked there quicker than we will in other financial areas. I don't know. It's just it's bothersome. Yep. It, it definitely is. Yep. I don't know how to fix it. I'm not that guy, but they need to go out and hire those guys. Yeah, and we'll have uh, more conversation about this uh, uh, tomorrow when uh, Scott and Marco both uh, are with me, and we'll talk about this uh, tomorrow at the Westgate. Uh, final thing here, Scott. Um, Tim Carver passed away earlier today at the age of 81, two-time World Series champion, 21-year uh, career as a player, and of course, we all remember him for um, the great announcing job uh, that he's, he did over the years, uh, almost uh, until the day that he died. And I know you were a Cardinal fan growing up. Talk a little bit about uh, Tim McCarver and what he meant to you. Oh yeah, I mean, being a, a Cardinal fan, he was he was up there. You know, he was one of our faves. And one of the things that really bothered me late in his broadcasting career was how many hits he took from people who all of a sudden didn't like Tim McCarver anymore. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's one of the few voices that I like to turn on the TV and hear calling a game. But you mentioned, you know. Cardinals, and he played for the Phillies also, 21 years as a player. Uh, you got to be doing something right to do that, and then all the years that he spent as a broadcaster. And I know he called a lot of games for the Phils, the Mets, uh, the Yankees and Giants, if I remember correctly, not just the Cardinals. So, yeah, he's, he's just one of those guys, kind of was playing a little bit before I got into Major League Baseball as a super fan, uh, but certainly I thought he was a classy guy, extremely professional, Took a lot of hits in the locker room after that Dion incident, which I thought was pretty crappy. Uh, but McCarver is one of the best, I thought. Certainly a Hall of Famer in the booth, not just on the field for me. No doubt about it. All right, my man. Good luck uh, on your plays uh, tonight. We'll look forward to uh, chopping up with you uh, tomorrow. Sounds good, man. Thanks. There he is, Scott Spicer, uh, DocSports.com. Go to DocSports.com. Uh, subscribe to Scott's Plays. Again, uh, always happy having him uh, join us. Uh, Marco D'Angelo as well, our two featured handicappers on this show. And Scott has been with me for a very, very long time and appreciate him as always. I want to thank Kevin Kruger, the head coach of UNLV, for joining us uh, today. Hopefully the Rebels can get it going again. And they go on the road Sunday at Boise State. A couple days here at practice at the Mendenhall Center on campus. So uh, hopefully the Rebels get back on the winning track. they got four games left, two at home, two on the road before the Mountain West Conference Tournament gets underway. Also, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, appreciate him. And, of course, all the coffee talk today, food talk, music talk. Get ready because he's coming to town uh, here first of March. He'll be here for about two weeks with us. He'll be doing the play-by-play with me over at the Big West Tournament at the Dollar Loan Center. So we invite you guys to get tickets for that tournament. It's always fun. We opened the building there last year with that, so we're back doing that. And, of course, we got the WCC Tournament as well where USF will be playing along with Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and everybody else. So, yeah, all that coming your way. Is there a Starbucks near the DLC? Yes. Cartwright will be happy. Cross street. Maybe one in the building. Who knows? All right. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Appreciate everybody for listening, whether it's live or later. Tomorrow, we're back at the Westgate, our Friday home. Come on by, see the show live. Always a fun time with uh, our good crew over there at the Westgate. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2.